Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another Ikna Sisters weekly Iman booster called The Virtues of the First Ten Days of Dhul Hijjah. I trust you are all having a relaxing and peaceful summer. I always enjoy summer. They have long days. I enjoy crisp early morning walks and cool evening breezes. I like to sit in my backyard and do evening afkar or dhikr. But sometimes I'm already getting nostalgic thinking of the days of Ramadan when my iman was very high and I had laser focus. And so I kind of yearn to recapture some of that focus on iman. And so I am looking forward to the days of Hajj, right? When we can have our prime focus again upon our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is so special? about the first 10 days of Volhijjah. Well, the prophet, peace be upon him, said that there is no deed that is better in the sight of Allah or more greatly rewarded than a good deed done in the first 10 days of Al-Adah. The Sahaba asked, not even jihad for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The prophet responded, peace be upon him, not even jihad for the sake of Allah. Unless a man goes out himself for jihad, taking his wealth with him, and does not come back with anything. And this is a Bukhari hadith. So just as the last 10 nights of Ramadan are the best nights in the whole year, because they contain Laylatul Qadr, right? The best 10 days in the whole year are the first 10 days of Volhijjah, as mentioned in this Bukhari hadith. So how can we make best use of the sacred and highly rewarded time? And of course, the obvious answer is to perform the Hajj or pilgrimage. But very few of us will be able to do that this year due to COVID, right? So what can we do instead? And so most of you are probably thinking of fasting, right? And many folks will fast the first nine days. But perhaps you cannot do all nine days. So it's recommended to fast on the day of Arafat. So the prophet, peace be upon him, said, Anyone who fasts for one day for Allah's pleasure, Allah will keep his face away from the hellfire for a distance covered by a journey of 70 years. And this is both in Buhari and Muslim hadith. The prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa used to fast on the ninth day of Vulhijjah. And he said, fasting the day of Arafat is an expiation for all your prior year of sin and your upcoming year of sins. And of course, this is referring to the minor sins. So the next thing we can do during these uh, 10 days is we can also perform lots of dhikr and takbir. And the prophet, peace be upon him, said, there are no days on which good deeds are greater are more beloved to Allah than on these 10 days. So recite much talil, takbir, and tahmid, right? And this is an Ahmed Sahih Hadith. Things like Allahu Akbar and Alhamdulillah and La ilaha illallah. So I often like to recite dhikr when I'm cooking, folding laundry, walking, or anytime I'm feeling a little bit, you know, sad or frustrated or anxious. 
So Mukhanim made me stop and think, well, what are the common things that make me frustrated? And often it is like somebody is not doing what I think they should be doing, or maybe they don't have the proper attitude, or a lot of times I'm judging myself and I think I should have finished a project by 11 a.m. and now it is 3 p.m. and I'm still working on this project because, you know, I keep getting interrupted because everybody's home now, right? Everybody's working from home. I'm sure you have that experience too, right? And so I have to remind myself that this is Allah's qadr, right? This is Allah's decree. And so it's very easy for me to accept Allah's decree when everything is happening the way I think things should happen or the way I want things to happen. But it's not often that easy for me to accept it when things are not going the way I want them to happen, right? And it kind of reminds me of that movie, Forrest Gump, that was made, I think, in the 1980s, where the mother is sitting next to her son, who is mentally challenged Forrest, on a park bench. And she says, quote, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So what does this statement mean? What does she mean by that statement? Well, she was referring to things, situations that are out of her control, right? And we basically know that is Allah's qadr. So many things are out of our control, right? Um, like, you know, you had no say if you were going to be born to rich or poor parents, it, what your IQ would be, 70 or 130, if you would be born beautiful or deformed, if you'd be born with white or black skin. None of this was under your control. And in the United States, we often think that we have control because we make schedules and try to arrange and order our lives, which really is a good thing. But whatever tests, trials, or sicknesses you and your family will experience is often beyond your control. So what are we to do about this? And Islam, you know, it has a solution for everything. Islam reminds us to tell, to tie our camels and then have tawakal in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, work hard, take all necessary precautions, and then trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we look at this past year, many friends and relatives have died secondary to COVID. Our, in the United States, our youth are experiencing depression and anxiety and at such high levels. According to Parents Together, 70% of kids surveyed reported feeling sad, overwhelmed, and worried since the pandemic. For adults, their anxiety or depression increased from 11% to 41% during this pandemic, according to NHIS and the Household Pulse Survey. So whenever I do dhikr, it really calms me fast. It puts things in proper perspective. So I really encourage all of you to do lots of dhikr and encourage our youth also to do dhikr. So what else can we be doing these first 10 days of Vul Hajj? So we can also stand the night in prayer due to Hajjid and make sincere repentance. We can seek Allah's forgiveness and humble ourselves in front of him in supplication during the last part of the night. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, but as for him who repents, believed, and did righteous deeds, then he will be amongst those who are successful. And this is from Surah Al-Qasas, Ayat 67. Again, we are reminded that repentance is a crucial ingredient to being successful. 
So how do we ask for forgiveness? And you all know this, but I'm just going to, you know, quickly uh, remind you, right? The three uh, crucial steps to making sincere repentance. Number one, be regretful of your sins. Number two, give up all sins and disobedience. And finally, number three, be determined not to return or repeat those sins. So if we move on, another essential task that we can do in these 10 days is return to the book of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, the Quran. And so I'm just going to quickly ask you, do you remember the rights of the Quran? Well, Ibn Kathir reminds us the main rights are to believe in it, recite it, understand it, implement it, and share or spread it. So I know most of us are reciting daily the Quran. And we're all, you know, often reciting a larger quantity in Arabic uh, during the sacred uh, months. But I encourage you to focus more on the understanding and the translation of what you're reading so that you can implement it in your life. The next thing we can do is that we can increase in doing all sorts of good deeds. So the question becomes, what kind of good deeds, right? And it's anything and everything that you can think of, right? Give charity, help your neighbor, honor your parents, smile, uphold the ties of uh, kinship. We're reminded in Surah Al-Zalzala, Ayat 7 and 8, whoever does good equal to the weight of an atom shall see it. And whoever does evil equal to the weight of an atom shall, shall see it. So any small good deed we do, we're going to see it there on the day of judgment, right? Inshallah, we'll all be rewarded for all our good deeds. So the next things that we can do is we often slaughter an animal and distribute the meat. So Ibn Umar, radiallahu anhu, said that the prophet, peace be upon him, lived in Medina for 10 years, and every year he slaughtered an animal. And this is in uh, Ahmed Sahih Hadith. So the question becomes, why do we slaughter and distribute the meat? Well, there's several reasons. The first reason, it's an act of ibadah, right? It helps us fulfill our social responsibilities, and it helps us increase our concern and compassion for those who are less fortunate. It makes us less egocentric and selfish, right? And it purifies our own hearts, right? If you're feeling anxious or frustrated, when you start taking care of others, it makes you feel better. And finally, we're reminded that we need to attend Eid prayers. And we know this was part of the sunnah of our beloved Rasulullah. And one of the main functions of Eid prayer is to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deeply and sincerely for all of his blessings. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless and protect all of your families with good health, uh, strong and deep iman, and lots of barakah and blessings and lots of good deeds. All mistakes are mine. All goodness and haq comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Jazakallah